<laughs> Lord, we love you so much, and we love Bruce and Jackie so much. And we, Lord, they mean so much to us. They've had such a, a good influence on uh, so many of us, Lord, in deep and profound ways. Uh, Lord, they've adopted uh, so many of us as their family and their children. And uh, Lord, how could we tell you how important? Lord, we're so grateful. We don't take lightly uh, that they would be loving each other and still learning and growing at 51 years of marriage. Lord, it's, it's so hard, and so many of us know, and so we, we commend them. We say, thank you, Lord, uh, for their decisions along the way and for your grace that's upheld them. So would you bless them richly this day? Would you fill them more and more with joy? Uh, and we pray that these next 20 would even be far better. <laughs> In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen. Patrick was in a hit and run. Someone hit him and took off, and he almost died. And this is amazing uh, that he's here. And we definitely, where's some oil? Let me get some oil, and we want to continue to pray. Where's Don? Father Don, where did you go? Is he getting a snack? Look, this guy. I'm glad you were over there. I figured you are in the back getting a snack. All right. Patrick, we bless and anoint you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Miriam, you want to pray? Father, we thank you that Patrick is alive. Yes, Lord. And we know that it's by your grace, by your mercy, and by the prayers of all the people of St. Andrews, Lord, that lift him up and want him back with us lord so we thank you and lord i know that he's still aching all over he has broken ribs and can barely walk and barely stay up but by your grace and your mercy we ask lord that you will strengthen him day by day until he is back and running and doing all the things that he likes to do in jesus name thank you lord father don father you've been good to patrick he has seen your hand on, in his life in these past few weeks. Taking him from the very point of death to bringing him here to us today. So, Father, continue to bring healing into his life, into his heart, and his mind, into his body. Thank you for what you're doing in his life. Continue to, as he walks with you, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, just stretch out your hands right now. Lord, we have Holy Spirit, come. Lord, we rebuke all the pain. Lord, you heal plenty of broken bones. Lord, I pray right now that your spirit come and strengthen him. Oh, more Holy Spirit come. All the healing. Lord, we rebuke all the trauma. Every assignment of death. I break off his life right now in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I pray for a profound revelation of your love as you touch and heal his body. Lord, we thank you for him. Now, Lord, I ask healing, strengthening, uh, expedited, supernatural, unreasonable expectations, Lord, of your spirit and your love to heal him, to restore him better than new. Lord, it was an accident years ago, and uh, Lord, I pray that in this healing... He'd get it all back. Yes. Yes. So we bless you in the most wonderful name, the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. 
Amen. God bless you, Patrick. And we're so glad that you're here. You look so good, it's hard to believe what you've been through. Would you play that He Touched Me right now? I want to sing that. If, would you stand? We're just going to pray that the Lord would touch Patrick right now. but when they did the test they weren't there oh we thank you Lord we bring you every broken thing Lord we pray for those things that you want to mend Lord you know how to mend them Lord, there's a whole lot of things you just need to make new. But Lord, you choose. Either mend us 
Lord, make us new, we pray. In the most wonderful and precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Annie, thanks for being so wonderful as you always are. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, this morning, I want to talk about uh, forgiveness. I actually prepared another, the, the, the reading this morning, and this goes with this healing stuff. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 35. That's what was read this morning for the gospel. Um, I actually uh, wanted to preach on the passage right in front, so I actually prepared my notes. I had my handouts, et cetera, et cetera, for the 8 o'clock. But when I got going, the Lord really directed me to stay on the text for today. So let me tell you a few things about this story about the uh, unmerciful servant. So the story, if you remember, as it was read, is a story of a man who worked for a king, a, a potentate. Uh, uh, it's a, you know, an eastern leader. And so the people of Jesus' day would know about people who were rulers who had absolute power. In the ancient world, people had, if you were the ruler, you had power of life and death, etc. So, I mean, this is an amazing thing. But he has a worker who embezzled, basically, a hundred thousand days of a day's wage. So, I, I mean, who's to say? I mean, some of us make more or less. But if you got your calculator, see if I did it right, because I'm not good at math. But I thought, okay, at 17 bucks an hour, and we times that times eight, that gives us a day's wage. And I believe that's, use some of the calculators, hundred, I, think, I think it's going to say like 136 bucks maybe. Or so. Okay, $136, good. Math guys here, all right. And then, so times that by 100,000, and if I did it correctly, that means 13.6 million. I did this at home, but I, you can't even trust me with a calculator. But I think it's 13.6. But imagine this guy embezzled 100,000 of a day's wage. I mean, the guy could never pay it back, obviously, because of the length of time, etc. All right, so this king, of course, does what people with absolute power. Remember, this is a parable that Jesus gave. It is not an allegory. In an allegory, everything in the story would line up to God. Like, so the king here would be like God, and then everything the king does would be like God. It's not an allegory. There's a lesson here that forgiveness is unlimited, and that the kingdom is a place where forgiveness is unlimited. But everything in the story, because the parable, does not completely correspond. Uh, just the, the main teaching of the thing does, and that's the main teaching. So the king says to the guy, all right, uh, you've done this. You and your wife and your children will go to prison and be turned over to the torturers until you can pay back. Well, how long would it take him to pay back? I mean, how much money can... First of all, there wasn't enough time to make it when he was out of jail. Uh, obviously, if he was being tortured and in jail, he could make even less or, you know, he's not making any money, obviously, at $2 a day or whatever. He's not making anything in jail. So, uh, his place is... Uh, his situation is hopeless. And, and then he pleads for mercy. And um, he says, I'll pay you back. And then the king says, you know what? It's, it's my money, and I choose to let you go. And so he releases them and says, I have forgiven your whole debt. He goes from owing $13.6 million to now owing nothing. In Spanish, it's nada. I just, here you go. I'm working on my Spanish. and Some of you know how good my Spanish is. There's not nada. His debt is no mas. 
I'm working. Here you go. All right. So in any case, he gets there. And uh, I mean, you would think everything is great. And this guy would be the most grateful guy in the world. But he goes and a friend of his borrowed some money from him. And that wasn't a small amount. I mean, it's a small amount, relatively speaking. It was 100 days wages. And at the same 17 bucks an hour, that is, if the math all works out, 100 days, it is $13,600 if at 17 bucks an hour day's wage. So it's 100 days wages. So apparently he needed to use Toyota because his car died. So he borrows the money, and, but that is a debt that the guy actually could pay back. But this guy who has been forgiven $13.6 million, instead of being happy, he says, I want the money and I want it now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just feared you wouldn't punch me back in church. I was hoping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but after church, he's warning me. He's threatening me here. All right, so you got this situation, and people are watching this, and they're like, this isn't right. This guy was forgiven $13.6 million, and now he's going to throw his friend who could pay him back who wants to pay it back, who can pay it back, uh, he's going to throw that guy in jail. And uh, they go and they tell the king. And so the king in the story says, hey, wait a minute. He brings him back and says, look, I, you know, I forgave you all this debt, and, and you didn't forgive? He says, uh, I'm throwing you into the prison, and you will be there uh, until you can pay it back, which is, you know, whatever. And then Jesus says, uh, I tell you the truth, this is what the Father will do to each of you if you don't forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Huh. That's a heavy word right there. I don't know about you, but I, I've wanted to forgive people and have had a really hard time doing it. Um, it's something that I've learned a lot about through the years because uh, it's been so challenging. But I can tell you that, I, I mean, this, this, this scripture stunned me in my early 30s, because I had a situation, and some of you know the story, but I had a situation where my first church, I was an assistant at a Baptist church. And the pastor, who was a very good guy overall, he, he made a mistake, a crucial mistake with a guy like me. He said to me, Ron, if you see anything that could be improved or fixed, tell me. I was too young to know he didn't mean it. So I just told him everything. Every day I go to, you know, we could change this, we could fix it. I mean, I just drove him crazy. Now, I had, no, I had no bad intention. I was just too young to know people say a lot of things they don't mean. And uh, so, but, but in time, he grew to resent me, and uh, he was also grew somewhat jealous of certain things. Uh, he would ask me to preach. He'd say, you know, I've been praying, and God said, you should preach on Wednesday nights. And, and like this was going to be a regular thing. Now, if I preach on a Wednesday night, and I was 22, whatever, 23, uh, if I preach and I did a bad job, I would get to preach again. But if I did a good job, he wouldn't ask me to preach for six months or more. After telling me, God said that he was supposed to do it. And I was very confused, and I didn't realize. And so in about five years or less than five years, this thing fell apart. And uh, every time I would think, well, I, I realized after five years what was going on. Uh, he was a person I considered my mentor. I thought he was developing me. I thought he liked me. And come to find out, I drove him crazy. He found me to be about the most obnoxious person he ever met. And, and I was. I, I was, but, but, I, I, but, but he was my hero. And so when this happened and I realized what was going on, I mean, it broke my heart. I mean, it really crushed me and it wounded me. And, and if I thought about him, I would get like an, I was getting an ulcer. I had to go to the doctor and the doctor told me, you got to play golf. You got to do something 
because uh, you're worrying and you're thinking about this all the time. And all I could do, think about it. In fact, I would forgive him. Uh, and, and, but then if I thought about him, I mean, even just talking about him today, if it, it's, it doesn't bother me at all now. But there was 10 years later where if I thought about him or, or somehow his name came up, it was like if you had a beaker of acid and you just poured it. I could just feel. So I would have forgiven him, but I could just feel it come back. And I'd forgive him again, but it come back. Anyway. So I'm reading a book. Uh, I believe it's a book by David Siemens. He wrote the books in the say He was a United Methodist minister, a missionary to India. And he wrote a book, a famous book about inner healing called Healing for Damaged Emotions. One of the classic early books that was written and still a good book. And, and then I was reading, I think it was in the second book called Putting Away Childish Things. And he wrote many more good books. But I believe it was in the second book, Putting Away Childish Things, that I read his teaching on this text. And he brought out, you know, hey, if you can't forgive with your heart, and I realized, I'm forgiven, but I'm bringing it back. And, and, and it's not that I'm not willing to, but I don't know how to do this because it's not working. Um, but the insight in this book helped me a lot because he said, the punchline of this story is a small mistake of self-righteousness on the part of the guy who embezzled. Because what he told the king, he said, I will pay you back. And he said, this is what happens with us and God is that on the one hand, we know we're saved by grace. But on another hand, we want to we wanna be good enough. And, and so we, we, we know that at one level, but another level, we spend our lives, once we get saved, trying to be worthy of the salvation and, and, to, you know, and to not say the bad words and to do the right things and to fit in with everybody. So we do all this stuff and we don't realize it. If we try to move forward with the grace of the kingdom of God, apart from the Spirit, but by trying harder in our own strength, to be pleasing to God, it's self-righteousness. And one of the only places that can tell you, how do I know if I'm growing in grace in the right way or if I'm becoming religiosity, if it's phony and if it's fake? Well, one of the ways that you can tell the gut check is, are you unable to forgive? Because if you're working on the trying harder system, which we can't tell. I was the pastor. I was preaching grace every Sunday. And yet, the Lord exposed me in this text and showed me I was one of the people, like the guy, who couldn't let the sins go. So that told me I'm self-righteous like the guy. So this morning, I want you to think about how easy is it for you to forgive? Now, we're not talking, there's another text, and, and next week or, or soon, the sermon I prepare for the day is, what do we do with the people that are driving us crazy? Matthew 18 gives us some very good instructions right before now. But what Jesus is saying in this parable is, if you want to know what the kingdom of God is, when you're in the kingdom of God, the resources for forgiveness are profound and unlimited. It's not telling us, what do you do with the people that aren't really sorry? It's not telling you about what are the people that are, you know, just can keep doing over and over and not trying to do better. It's not telling. The part of Matthew 18 that talks about those people is in the section before. And this is, what about the people who really want forgiveness but we are not able to give it to him. And he's saying, hey, when we're properly uh, wired into the kingdom of God, we are people who receive unlimited grace, and we're people then who are able to. And if we cannot give that kind of grace to other people and forgive like that, it shows us that our self-righteousness is gotten in the way, our religiosity. And so somewhere along the way, we start keeping score with other people. Now, I don't know about you, but but Susan and I, in the early days, we were ones to keep score. Now, we didn't agree what counted on the score sheet, by the way. 
<laughs> we had very different things of what the list was. But we kept score, and so we had this kind of running thing. But I can tell you, you don't make 51 years if you stay there. I don't know if you ever had that, but you won't get to 51 years if you keep on that kind of scorekeeping. Um, but we were scorekeepers. And again, we had different values on the sheet. Uh, we, had, we disagreed about, I mean, I gave myself a lot of 10s on my sheet, just so you know. I was like Olympic 10, you know, I guess, you know the Olympics, they bring up the score sheets. I could see the whole crowd, 10, 10. And Susie, it was like going against the Eastern Bloc. She's giving me 0.1. <laughs> she, she couldn't get her decimal right. It, it was a tough man. We've, had, we've, had, we've been some rough times. But it, this is a very short sermon day because this is all I want to get to because this is all the Lord let them get to in the 8 o'clock, and it's this. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to remind you, who are those people that when you think about them, as much as you want it to get rid of them, in terms of releasing them and letting them go, it still hurts. And so you still, when you bring up their name in a circumstance, you still feel it like it's a lot, it's still there. Where when we get healed and the Holy Spirit heals us, yeah, we have like a black and white picture of it or whatever, but it's a, but it doesn't have any, there's no animus, there's no energy to it. If there's still energy in your pain, you've not been healed in the fullness of how God wants to heal you. Now, the remedy for releasing, the primary movement in Greek in forgiveness is to release. And we release people to Jesus. All right? We're not necessarily reconciled to them if they have not repented. But the movement of releasing people to Jesus and letting him deal with them is the crucial part. I was unable to do that in a consistent way over years. I get to this teaching, and what David Seaman showed me was the only hope for me, because I was realizing I'm becoming like the, I was like the religious older brother guy. I was becoming more and more legalistic and more and more judgmental. I was getting worse and worse. I wasn't getting better. And he said this, the only hope for you, if this has fit you, and he was saying it kindly, but is you got to ask God to show you, not too much, it'll kill you, but enough of your own sin that it will soften your heart again and you'd remember how much grace he's had to you. Because when we remember the grace Jesus has for us, we're able to release these other people that have hurt us so profoundly and massively. So we're going to do just a quick thing. That's like the sermon today. I know you're thinking, where's the rest? Where's the rest? But I want to pray over you this morning. Lord, who are those people, persons, our people, who wound us that we've tried to forgive and we can't seem to release them. Then I'm going to ask the Lord that he would show us. Not to, if we saw all of our own sin, we'd explode. It'd be too much. But just of our own sin to, to, to restore us into the place of humility and the recognition of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and his death on the cross and our own need of that, that the revelation of that would be so profound that we would be able to then, having realized again and afresh and anew how much he's loved and forgiven us, that we would then be able to finally release and uh, process these people and situations. Now listen, we don't forgive because the stuff is little. I know people who were sexually molested in my family who it took them a lifetime, 48 years to process and to finally get better. I, it, these are not little things some of us have really gone through it. We're not trying to make your pain small. Oh, just forgive because it's no big deal. That's not what we're saying at all. 
What we're saying is the grace of Jesus is so big. There is something so big and so glorious in the cross of Jesus Christ that the worst horrific things in this life can be let go and released to Jesus. Sometimes it takes a little time, but we've got to let them go because it's poisoning us. It's blocking us. It's keeping us from the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot flow in the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot hear God's voice. You cannot operate in your gifts and fullness with all this stuff that's, that's still destroying you and hurting you. So, Lord Jesus, would you, come, would you bring to mind this morning, Lord? Lord, often it's the people that we love the most and that love us the most. But Lord, whoever these people are, we ask that you'd remind us once again. And then, Lord, would you, in such gentleness, we wouldn't dare ask this, Lord, if it weren't that we can count on you. Because we know how the enemy would want to condemn us and accuse us and it would destroy. But Lord, would you pour out your spirit over this congregation so that in a very safe but profound way, we could be reminded afresh of our great need and what you did for us on the cross in Jesus to forgive our sins. Oh, would you take all the hardness of heart that we didn't realize was coming and Lord, I remember back how kind you were, Lord. You took my hard heart and you broke it. In the knowledge of my great sin and my great wickedness. Oh, in that place of knowing your love, your kindness, I was able to forgive my brother. And until that point, I wasn't able to move on. So Holy Spirit, we pray that as you do this, Lord, that you would now give us the grace and the strength in us to take our hands which have been clenched with it's not fair, it's not right, all things which are true, but things that are keeping us from health and wholeness and the power and filling of your Spirit. Lord, we take our clenched fists and with your help and because you've loved us so much, we open them up, Lord. We release to you, Lord. Lord, we know that everybody, that you say by no means will the sinner's sin go unpunished. Lord, it'll either be punished on the cross because they'll turn to you, these people that have hurt us. They will either be forgiven by you and by your shed blood, and it will be dealt with justly there, or there's hell to pay. But we know that you're just and that you're holy, even as you're merciful. And Lord, you say, we're not the ones to judge. So we release it. We forgive. We put them on you. You deal with them, Lord. According to your great love and your holiness, we release all this toxic, all this poison, all this stuff. And we ask, Lord, that as we release it, would you pour the Holy Spirit out into our hearts? Would you take all the shattered parts and would you wash and, and cleanse them, Lord? all the bitterness, the resentment, the hatred, all the vows we made that we never let it go. For some of us, Lord, the abortions, the divorces, the things that we've done, the affairs, the betrayals that we said we would never forgive ourselves for. Lord, we forgive because you have forgiven. We choose with our will, empowered by your Spirit. Now, Lord, pour out your love 
your grace, your strength. We release it all to you. Lord, for those who can't seem to let it go, it's still stuck, would you come get it? What a God you are, Lord. You ask us to do the part that we can, and when we can't, you'll run to us. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Cleanse us and heal us, Lord. Lord, make us better than new. Oh, heal our marriages, heal our relationships with our children, our friends, our parents, our neighbors, our co-workers, people that ripped us off in business, and uh, Lord, the people that betray us. Heal us, Lord. Now, Lord, we know that reconciliation takes repentance on both parts, and, and, and Lord, maybe not everything's reconciled, but Lord, we stand in this place having released these people in the place of being right with you. We ask, Lord, that you bring the relationship, if possible, to reconciliation. But Lord, it takes two for that. But we let go of our part. We let go of all the bitterness, all the hatred. We let it go. Lord, we want to live in a kingdom of unlimited grace and forgiveness. We can't make it without living and staying in that kingdom. So Lord, help us. Keep us close to you. We can't make it out in that score-keeping world. We're too weak. Uh, we really need you. Lord, I speak healing and blessing, restoration. Lord, I take authority of the demons of anger and rage and wrath and self-hatred. Hatred of men and hatred of women. Take authority, Lord, of all the confusion of where to assign blame. All the blame, Lord, you took it on the cross and all the shame, the accusation. Uh, you, you carried all these things and the wrath of the Father on the cross. So we break the demonic assignments. Lord, those, all those things which we've been agreeing with, with our speech and, and the vows that we made and the judgments, Lord, we repent of them and we turn from them and we break the assignments now in Jesus' name. Lord, we don't care how messy it gets. We've got to be free. Oh, Lord Jesus, come. Oh, we hold your hand and walk in your power and your strength this morning. Oh, would you bless us? Would you heal us, Lord? Would you strengthen us, Lord? If you're feeling stuck, raise your hand, and we'll pray a few more minutes. Anyone feeling stuck still? All right, Lord, more. More. More, Lord. He just takes a moment. Thank you, Lord. These are big things, not little things. Oh, we thank you, Lord. All you ask from us is to choose. You do the work. You provide the power. So, Lord, we're choosing. We're choosing, Lord. Now come. Oh, we relinquish all of our rights to you, Lord. You'll defend us. You'll protect us. Our, our need uh, to protect. Lord, as a child, we really need it. And we don't understand what was going on. And, and uh, it feels almost violating to, to hear that we need to let go all this stuff. It's, we've had it for so long. Our anger, we thought, was protecting us. And instead, it betrays us. And so, so, Lord, we pray, Lord, would you come deeper and more profoundly, Lord, into every place that's stuck. Make a way, Lord. Make a way, Lord. Dissolve it, Lord. Every stronghold, shame, fear, and control. Oh, we take authority. We decommission the spirits that were working together. Uh, we strip their rights and authority in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, would you minister to the wounds? 
Lord, whatever walls have been built up that have blocked us out, Lord, we pray you're big enough to go over the walls. Lord, would you go on the other side of the wall and would you bring them down brick by brick, pain by pain. Lord, heal them. Melt that wall, Lord. Pour out your spirit. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord, in these places. Lord, it's tough to, to, to let all this death be exposed, but we're so grateful that when you touch our death, there's life and resurrection. So, Lord, now we call back into being all the stuff that's died. Every part of our heart that's, that's, that's been so died, we can't imagine that we could love again or be loved again or that there could be... Lord, we call back in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ. Like you called out to Lazarus 2,000 years ago, we say, come forth. Come forth. Oh, be healed in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. Gently, kindly, graciously. Lord, you'll be our defender, our protector. Lord, for all the things and the hopes that we've given up on, the dreams that we let go, all the agreements with death and, and destruction and pain, it's just it'll always be this way and, and he'll never change and she'll never change and this will never happen. Lord, we break every agreement with the devil's agenda for our futures. Oh, forgive us for dreaming and looking into the future without your presence and all the possibilities that come with you because you're your Lord. Lord, I pray that you'd restore every godly dream and every godly vision and hope. Uh, things that we, again, we dismiss and we thought it wasn't from you, but Lord, we call back to life. All those things have been let go because we misunderstood the pain and the process. Oh, Lord, we love you. Heal us. Strengthen us. Restore our hope in our life of your great mercy. Lord, we are a people who have been so loved by you. We want to live in the kingdom square within the boundaries of unlimited grace and forgiveness. And we want to be people that know how to deal with people and have boundaries and all those things, but, but who at our core know that having been so graciously lavished with love and forgiveness, that we're people characterized and known by a supernatural capacity to share with others the love and the forgiveness that you've given us. Uh, Lord, this is your kingdom, and this is your way, and we say yes to it. May it be so in every corner and area of our life that we would be in agreement in the fullest extent to your unlimited forgiveness and grace. We pray these things in the most precious and wonderful name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Annie, would you sing it? And if you know it, would you stand and sing it with her?